welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women, and I'm here with Ush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Ush. Morning, Jackie. How are you going? I'm well. How are you? Yay. Good. I'm good. We're just saying it's a blur, right? It's like one week into the next, into the next. Yes, we were. And we were talking about how strange the time has been in 2020 because it doesn't seem to have been linear. It seems to go fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. I read this meme the other day and it just cracked me up. And it said, um, do you remember the time we used to blow on people's birthday cakes and eat it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, yes. We did too. And now, and now the thought of that is like, ew. I probably still go. do it accidentally. Yeah, I know, right? But Maybe um, just to eat the whole cake. And then the other meme was like, I'm not adding on the year of 2020 to my to my age because I just have I'm not using it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, for some, it is a bit of a write off, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like how are you in May? It it is a bit surreal to be honest. It's a mm. bit of a time warp. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Mm. Uh, but it's nice to, in some respects, be present. We were just talking about our pets this morning too before we started recording, which is a lovely little from yeah. the big picture to the small picture, isn't it? It is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I gave my dog some warm milk this morning. And mine's going psycho over coffee, but it's not, it's not getting coffee, that's for sure. <laughs> we have Apparently, there you go, milk isn't that great for cats. Isn't that a myth? I don't know. I just presumed that cats drink milk. Yeah, well, I'd sort of realised that, you know, they sell pet milk for a reason. And so I do water the milk down a bit so it's not as impactful. But cow's milk's not supposed to be good for us either. Yeah, true. So true. I think we should only drink our own milk, but that's a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so true. So true. <laughs> What else has been happening for you? What else have I done? Gosh, what else have I done? It's all blurring did together. I you, did I tell you that I did my first virtual keynote or have we already talked about that? Yes. We have talked about that. Yeah, that's the only exciting thing I've done. Oh, but you know, you talk about coming up to it. You didn't talk about how it went. Oh, yeah, it went really well. It was good. We had almost 100 women in it. Wow. And... I was worried about my energy, to be honest, initially mm. going, it's in, a, it's in front of a camera, I'm going to be seated, not standing, but yeah, it went well. And then I've got a, another one next week with um, RMS, Women in Technology. Yeah, great. So I think we've got about over 100 leaders in that one as well. So yeah, that's amazing that they're all showing up online too. I know, I know. Mm. They're doing really well, actually. I think mm. people are really embracing it. So Mm. Um, getting over my technology phobias and actually presenting to women in tech that's that's going to be interesting yeah no, um, and you'll be fine doing a bit of a dry run practice with mm. with them tomorrow actually so yeah that's probably the only exciting thing for me at the moment mm. that's great I'm loving all the online networking as well because uh you know it eliminates a commute from one point to the other you can just go home, settle in, relax, and then do your networking. It's so much better. I can't, I hope that it continues or at least they provide it as a backup or something. Yeah, true. I think, you know, it's that whole thing, like even at one of my client sites, I'm, I'm there three days a week with them and they've got 120 staff and we're now slowly integrating people back to work next week. 
anyway, I did this whole return to work plan and we've actually had now people go, but I don't want to come back. Yeah. And can I work from home? And I know there's lots of articles on, on people saying that's going to happen. And I'm actually experiencing it right now. Like they are saying that, you know, I can't do my job from home. Um, I'm happy to come in, but I, I don't want to come in five days. Yeah. A couple of my staff have said the same thing. They're like, you know, can I just still do a couple of days from home? And in fact, it seems to create a more relaxed environment in some ways. How do you feel about that as a business owner? Because the guy that I'm working with who's the business owner is ain't happy about it. So, I mean, in some respects, I'm working remotely from most of my staff most of the time. So it doesn't really matter where they are in some ways. I was worried initially that they'd take advantage or, you know, to some degree, but most of them have a good work ethic. And I think that when everyone's in the office, the productivity is not great anyway. So... Yeah you know, when they're from home and they're not working at the same pace, but the productivity is the same as if they would be in the office, no better or worse. I'm just like, well, you know, it eliminates a a bit of bitchiness. It eliminates some clicky stuff because, you know, they're not always together. Um, They're jumping on the phones, but it's more productive when they're talking to each other. So, you know, I don't Mm. mind, I don't think. That's good. I think some leaders, to be honest, aren't ready for that big change I think there's this misconception isn't it that they're not going to do the work or um that buzz is going to go you know in the office yeah yeah or uh, it's just it's just an element of control because you just want to keep your eye on them but I wasn't keeping my eye on them anyway because I was moving between other offices and they were always yeah, yeah. in the one office and you know I'd had to let that go a long time ago you know what are they doing in my absence does it really matter if they're doing if what they're they getting need? the work done? Yeah, exactly. that's right. Hmm. Although I have heard that when I'm absent, there's a little bit of um, whinging and nastiness. And I think that by them working remotely, it's eliminated that. Oh, good. Hmm. Good. Yeah, I think, look, I think workplaces are going to have a few challenges over the next few weeks, you know, integrating back in. And like this, this leader's point of view, actually, one of them is that, you know, he's got a certain part of the workforce that can't work from home because of the nature of the job. And he's yeah. like, you know, it's going to cause unfairness and they're going to get annoyed that the other guys are working from home. And yeah. fair point. Yeah. And us and them attitude, that is mm. an issue. So, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting time over the next few weeks navigating all of these little issues. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, true. Mm. Mm. So it just highlights the importance of coaching. And so you're doing that and obviously you've heard the interview already. Um, I had Tanya Camilleri on for a chat and she is also a coach, um, Mm. trained more in neuroscience than EQ. Um, But I suppose, I mean, EQ's about emotional intelligence, neuroscience about the use of the brain. You know, you're all sort of working in the same field. Um, so Tanya does a whole lot of corporate facilitator work as well as one-on-one neuro coaching, and she does some speaking as well. Um, she actually came from having a business degree, majoring in human resources, very similar to yourself in that respect, although she went into sales and account management before mm. then coming around and doing neuroscience coaching. Uh, so let's have a listen to her. Tanya, hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. 
How are you surviving these interesting times? Oh, it's been a juggle and um, I am finding that I'm using a lot of my neuroscience principles and insights yep. to get through um, the, <laughs> the juggle of homeschooling and running businesses and yep. running households. So it's been a, a challenging and, mm. you know, stretching time, but I mm. think we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, which is always nice, something yeah. to work towards. Certainly, that's right. And I suppose um, you're keeping your composure when all the other stressed people are coming to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So helping out some of my coaching clients, um, mm. we've shifted a little bit from focusing on their goals to actually getting through some of these, um, you know, uncertain times. Because as humans, we don't like uncertainty. We, no. we do like comfort. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's had a little bit of a shift across all areas, really, for everyone. Yeah, we do like thinking we have control, don't we, even though we have very little. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. whatever we can control and um, makes us feel better, then we're, we're all for that, I suppose. So, I mean, looking back to when you were still in primary school, it would have been unimaginable for you to even have thought that we'd be in this situation. What did you actually want to be when you were growing up? It's actually funny. When I was little, I always wanted to be, there was a few different things. There was like a hairdresser, the normal girly yeah. <laughs> admiration of a hairstylist and a vet because I loved animals. Uh, but when I actually did work experience and uh, looked into it a bit more uh, around what I wanted to be, it was a teacher. Ooh. So I wanted to be a teacher and it's quite ironic that I've grown up and gone through uni and all lots of different experience along the way. And I find myself not in the education sector, but mm. still what I do from a facilitation point of view, it's teaching at the end of the day. Very much, very much learning and, and guiding the learning, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell us where it ended up. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what your career path has looked like. Like what did you study and how did you get to where you are? So I um, didn't know what I wanted to be, you know, at the end of high school, mm. but I've had very strong female role models around me with my mum being a very hard worker and my sister being um, such a smart young woman and I actually followed her footsteps and did a degree in business management so I did HR and marketing great and then from there I got out into the workforce well while I was at uni I, I did four different jobs to yeah. to earn money and yeah. and um, get myself off to Europe for a beautiful holiday after I passed my uni degree. Yeah. Tell and us then, about those. What did you do? Oh, lots of different things. So I cleaned a friend's off, like her dad's office, home office for petrol money. Mm -hmm. And then I, I worked in retail. So I was selling jeans um, yep. in retail clothing and I did waitressing. So I worked... Um, at Lone Star, I don't know if you remember those <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> yep. Boot scooting. <laughs> yep. So that was pretty crazy. And mm. um, I also did massaging as well. Ah, okay. So lots of different lots of different trades there in the yeah. mix. 
So yeah, so saved up all my money again, you know, watched my mum growing Mm. up and all of her hard work and um, yeah, was able to travel Europe and do a Contiki tour and spend some time in the Greek islands and then over to Malta with a girlfriend um, Mm. who's Maltese. So we stayed in Malta for a month. So an amazing experience to get all that done before, you know, heading off into the workforce. Yeah. Great, great experience and grounding though for you too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then once I sort of entered the workforce, I sort of did administration type of roles and then slowly worked myself up. I really like admired the account managers Mm. out on the road selling and I thought that would be pretty cool, how flexible and So did some internal sales and then got into an account manager type role. Mm. So that was, um, it was great. And I think challenging from the fact of being a female, a young female in a male dominated industry. Right. Yeah. What industry was it? Like what were you selling? Gas and electricity. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it was dealing with industrial customers to sort of sign them up on gas and electricity contracts. So yeah yes being a young female female. (laughs) yeah so it was um a lot of um hard work to build credibility Mm. you know gain a lot of trust up front with customers to sort of you know be honest with them I would I would share that I didn't know everything Mm. and I just would be true to my word and I would do that follow-up and get them the answers when I didn't know the, the answers to the questions and and yeah, it was it was a great role. It was yeah. really enjoyable because you know it's that achievement of working yourself up to that to that job. Mm-hmm. You could say, yeah, yep, absolutely. All right, then from there, and then from there, I left and I and I went to a different organisation again, male dominated, more in industrial gases like packaged gases. Mm. Again, worked my way up through that company around still predominantly in sales and worked on some projects and got a little bit of exposure with management through working on projects. And then was able to do a secondment role looking after a lot of the retail stores across Victoria and Tasmania. So that was really challenging from the fact of, again, quite a young female, uh, you know, having not worked in one of the retail stores yet, having a lot of sales and retail experience. I still um, had to gain a lot of that respect from the store managers to Mm-hmm. you know, then work through and work with them for a number of months to to look after and run Big Taz, basically. Mm. And then, yeah, and then from there, I pretty much got into a sales effectiveness type of role where yep. I was doing a lot of induction and onboarding, uh, helping with the sales force across sort of the field sales people mm. with, you know, product knowledge management and you know sales capability and coaching so that's how I sort of got in a little bit of taste of that facilitation and coaching piece so right great and I just loved it when I when I got a taste of that I thought wow this is pretty cool I really enjoy helping people and to be better salespeople and you know to lead their teams better and Mm, just great give people that edge yeah, so where does the neuroscience come in? This is obviously where you started triggering the interest. 
Yeah, it was. So we, um, I was lucky enough through working at that organisation, getting the opportunity to do the study for the Neuroleadership uh, Group Institute. So I did the coaching component course and actually did the component where I could then train our people to be coaches um, and actually deliver some of the material that was, I was going through that process to be a facilitator sort of thing for them. Yeah. So it was amazing. I really enjoyed the science behind the coaching. So not just, mm. oh, what's your goal? How do we get there? Fantastic. Mm. Run off and do it and do your actions and follow up with me. It was actually really nice to link the science of the brain and how we operate and perform mm -hmm. and what can trigger that or what can help and assist that to back to coaching. So it's just a really holistic approach. And I, I really loved that. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think the science, particularly for fairly high functioning people, they want to know that what they're doing is going to have results. And if it's based in science or science can say, well, this shows that if you do it this way, you'll get the quickest results. It's more likely, I think, to motivate those people, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think to add to that, it's about sustainable results. So if mm. I think about setting just a SMART goal, it's that specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-bound. Mm -hmm. So that's a SMART goal and we can mm. all set those and go off and achieve them. And the way I link the brain into it is I set a shiny goal. So it's got a SMART goal underneath, but the shiny component is using the right side of the brain, which is quite creative. Ooh. And the left side is the logical side. Mm. So that's where your smart goal comes in. But the shiny part is the creative part. And that's where we link people to think about what do you see when you think about your goal? How does that feel? How does it make you feel? And describe it and really visualise it. And by using that side of the brain, you're linking and having a whole brain approach. So you're getting that feeling and it's so much stronger to have that feeling and that's where a lot of the inspiration and motivation will come from because it's all great to say I want to lose x amount of kilos or mm -hmm. I want to achieve these targets for my work or I want to build a successful functioning team in my organization but to have that shiny component it's when you've got that that successful team, what does that look like? How does that feel? Oh, I feel so proud. I feel such like a beautiful, effective leader for these people. I feel like I could leave a legacy behind. And what does that look like? And when you get people describing that, there's just a whole nother level of excitement around it. And it mm. excites me. A lot of my clients actually inspire me to be better and do better because they're just amazing. <laughs> That's lovely. It really sounds like you've landed in the right place. Mm. And the using the whole brain, it takes that um, knowing your why, that extra level, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. Because you can't describe something that you can't. It's difficult to describe something mm -hmm. when you can't visualise it or feel it yeah. or describe it in that detail I think yeah. it's a little bit harder and especially when we try and set stretched goals yeah 
if if that's not realistic for the person or they can't really feel or see or visualize mm-hmm. then it's very quick for them to say well i've got no motivation there's nothing really driving me mm-hmm. so i'll just let it fall by the wayside and not achieve it mm. or i think as well for a lot of women you set goals because you think that you should and it's like some other person is putting it on you or society is and it's not actually what you you, ha- you haven't worked out why you want to do that. It's just something you feel that you should. Yeah, that's right. A lot of the times we do that. And that's mm-hmm. that comparison. We can get really stuck in that comparison or even the fact of um, I've had clients where we've discussed things and they've come and said, well, I just feel like I need to have owned a house by this age. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad that I'm renting. And it's about, well, really, should you? Like, why? You know, that's just expectations or what society throws out. And then we start comparing and that just robs us of all of the joy. Yeah, yeah. Going back to when you're in sales, because I also even think of sales as quite masculine as well, like not even just selling in the industry you're in, but particularly talking to a lot of small business women, it feels like they're very reluctant to think or, or want to be in sales or, you know, they're in small business for themselves and they have to sell and it's not something that they want to really jump into or dive into. They're really reluctant. How have you really approached that? Because it seems like you've really come at it from a relationship point of view, which I think women are really good at. Yeah, that that was always my strength. So I really never loved the cold calling aspect of going out or just walking into a premise and asking who their supplier was. I just felt that rude, you know. And I always did preference the account management side. So looking after my existing customers, Mm. really being the, the voice of the customer for the internal organization sort of thing. So really, I was always on their side and, you know, pushing a a real good, you know, customer advocate for them, rather than what the organization needed to do or those sorts of things. So it's, it's interesting, the point you make around women in small business and selling, because when I take the emotion out of the selling, Mm. I love it. And I actually train consultative selling. It's one of my courses that I offer organizations to help train their people in selling and negotiation. And it's funny because when I then put my sales hat on in my own business, it's a different story because (laughs) there's emotions attached and this is my business and it's my livelihood you know it's my bills that I have to pay Mm. and it's so funny because then you have to walk your talk and it's yeah it is a different it is a different um it's a different arena to sort of step into and I really do find that I need to be like another person so it's like I need to go okay I'm now working for Tanya Camilleri I'm not Tanya Camilleri, it's not my business. I'm actually working for her and I'm going to, you know, because I believe in my service and products Mm. that I push out to to corporates and, you know, and small business owners. So I super believe in it and I believe everyone needs a coach and, you know, there's obviously lots of different programs that people could benefit from and Mm. learn from. 
But again, it's, yeah, it is that tough thing of doing the hard sell because I just don't like it at the end of the day. So I think for me and my experience in my businesses mm. in regards to selling, uh, what I have what I have mainly focused on is networks and relationships. Yeah. It's just keeping my networks open and really not even doing a sell as such. Mm. So for my, my business at the moment, a lot of my proposals that were out in the market were halted on hold, stopped, mm. gone very quiet and fair enough because of what's happening with the, unknown and uncertainty and you know now starting to get a little bit back into normal Mm. or a new normal and what I'm doing now is it's that fight between when is it time when is it the right time to reconnect with some of these people without being salesy because you don't want that and I had a coaching session this week because I have a coach and I talked through this issue and I come to the conclusion that I'm not selling. I want to do a check-in. So just like I check in with my coaching clients, I'm just going to do a check-in with my networks, with my people that I had contact with prior to everything going quiet and stopping and on hold. So I'm going to start doing check-ins with everyone and just and do a bit of a fact-finding mission to see what's going on for people and what are some of their current challenges. And if I can, you know, do a little mini coaching session with them and help them through some of their dilemmas, then, you know, even better. And then when, you know, and then when people are ready, they will, you know, come back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's such a small shift but really effective um, Mm. because you're right, you're not ringing up... Um, desperate to try and get some work, even though you are thinking, oh, um, yeah, when's the work going to come back? But you you are concerned about them and where they're at and wanting to know, well, you know, is, is there anything that you can even do to help at the moment? Yeah, yeah. It's, That's right. It's a lovely little, slight little change. That's um, right. Mm. And then what you said earlier as well has been something I've been thinking about too, a lot it's um, the energy or the archetype that you adopt and you're adopting the the personality of okay now I've got to put on my big big girl pants and be the salesperson and yeah I love that concept that you can choose your energy and step into it depending on the situation that you need and what what you need to achieve it's good yes it helps you need I think you need to be able to do that to take the emotion out of it otherwise we're still Mm. sort of stuck in our own heads yeah Yeah. and fear and it's just about as sometimes it is just simply reframing words or reframing Mm. that energy so instead of writing on my beautiful planned whiteboard (laughs) I will reach out to five people in my network to and I normally go BD business development so I've changed my words on my whiteboard to say check in, you know, do five check-ins instead of BD. I'm yep. going to do five check-ins with my network. Yeah, sounds so far more shifting. caring. That's mm. right, and it mm. and that's what it's about as well. So yeah. deep down, it's not about bringing in dollars right now. It's about checking in on them. Yeah, seeking information, making sure that they're going okay. If mm. there is anything I can assist with, and and that's it. It's literally just a check-in. Yeah. 
and being there to show you care. I think that that's a huge thing from their perspective as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. So at the end of the day, the way I see what I do now is, yes, it's helping people. Yes, it's training. Yes, it's facilitation. It's, it's coaching and it's, and it's delivering keynote speeches about the brain and, and how we operate and perform and how we can be better. But the key part of what I do is giving people the space and opportunity to learn and grow and reflect and take action. Mm. So it's that space and it's that opportunity. And if I can do that by giving these people that check-in, then, you know, maybe they will have an insight and through our conversation and, you know, have a better day or have a better way forward. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, the passion comes through in you talking. Um, How would you describe what you're most passionate about? I would say that. I would say it's, it's giving people the opportunity and space to have insight Mm. to then also when I'm working with the one-on-one clients, it's around listening and giving my time to listen and hear what they're saying and also what they're not saying. Mm. So then I can gently stretch them so they can have greater insight, have that dopamine hit, have that energy to then take action and live a better life or, you know, tap into their true capability or whatever it might be for them. Or it could be just getting through a challenge or a dilemma that's been on their mind for months or years. Some people that Mm. I work with, we have a 60 minute conversation and we get through what's been on their mind for months. And it's just amazing at the end. They're like, thank you so much. And they're thanking me. And I'm like, that's okay. I didn't do anything. I just asked some questions and held the space and listened with no judgment, no bias, no agenda. So it's quite powerful. I think that's what I'm most passionate about. Mm, Yeah. I can see how that that would be so energizing as well to keep you wanting to do it. It's great. Yes, yes. Now, I was introduced to you through Lutfi because she's been on an episode with our podcast and you are the co-founders of The Vault Mastermind. Yes. So tell us how you met and how that was created. Well, it was quite an amazing, it's a quite an amazing story, actually. I was an ambassador for Mums & Co, like a Mums in Business, yep. and we used to do these coffee catch-ups. And Lutfi joined one of those coffee catch-ups and we were like, oh, okay, hello, you know, just the nice, the nice chat, chitter chat, as you do. And she shared a little bit about Astara Creative and what she offered as far Mm. as strategic marketing and a little bit of insight into social media. And at that point of time, I was part-time at an Mm. organisation and working part-time in my business. And Mm -hmm. I said to her, I could really use you. I think I need a bit of a refresh. I think I need a bit of attention for my business. And eventually I would like to go out and do my business full-time, but that's years away. (laughs) So lo and behold, I get Lutfi to help me out. And this years away concept turned into a few months away. I took some long service leave. I put some extra energy into my business full time and then ended up resigning. 
and jumping straight into my business. So I worked with Lutfi to go through my business strategy and mm. executed all my actions as I do. And she said, I've got an idea <laughs> and I'd love to talk to you about it. And I said, okay. And I'm here I am thinking, wow, okay, this is great. I love ideas. What's happening? And she shared the concept of the Vault Mastermind. And I said, that's fantastic. We could put two brains together and mm. offer the strategic marketing and then offer the mindset, the coaching, the selling. There's so much we could offer small business owners. And also, I started to feel the isolation that mm. comes with being a business owner and not being able to freely express what you're going through with your general friends or family mm -hmm. that might not get it. They might, don't they get, get it. They get it, but they don't. They mm -hmm. sort of try to get it, but they don't. <laughs> and I thought, this is amazing. If we could give these business owners a space to connect, to get resources that they need so they're not chasing their tail, to get clarity on where they're going strategically, you mm. know, help with the marketing, help with the social media and the big beast that that is, help them stay on track with me as that accountability, cheeky check-in type of thing that I do, you know, setting shiny goals, all of those things. I'm like, we have to do this. Let's do a little collaboration, <laughs> which then all of a sudden turned into sitting down and signing financial and <laughs> contracts and all sorts of different paperwork. And yeah. I went, oh, from a small collab, it's turned into bigger than Ben-Hur. But we thought, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. And we, we both love what we do and so passionate about it. So mm. it's really nice to help other people, you know, get yeah. out of what we needed. And I think that's the key thing is a lot of the things that we tend to do, we look back and we think, geez, if I had a coach at that age, mm -hmm. what would I have achieved? Mm. You know, if, mm -hmm. if I had have done that strategic marketing on my business when I first had my maternity leave, would I be, would I have gotten into my business earlier full time? You know, those yeah. sorts of questions come up. So, yeah, 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 no, fantastic. And I think what it shows for me and potentially our listeners is, you know, that you can work really well together on a particular project and it's not the be all and end all because you've come together from your separate businesses. You have this thing together as well. So you're not in each other's pockets. And I suppose, you know, you also, you'd worked together previously. So you knew how each other operated. It's yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Mm. It just meant to be, I think, you know, there's, there's, I, I honestly believe in that the universe works in mysterious ways mm. and I think, you know, things happen for a reason and I think it was, it was meant to be and still today we don't work in each other's pockets but mm. we will do daily check-ins. So mm. even in my own business, I don't feel like I'm as isolated as you would as a yeah. business owner because I have another business owner that happens to be a partner in another business, but we have that daily little check-in. We do, you know, a weekly check-in. We work, yes, together on the business, but it's just that support. And sometimes you just need that person to bounce off. Mm. And, you know, we, and I think she shared in her podcast with you that rational brain concept. Yes. And sometimes it is, that's all we need. And, mm. you know, I teach a technique of a breathe, label, reappraise. 
and to, to get out of the limbic part of your brain and into your prefrontal cortex where you do your thinking and analysing, decision making. And sometimes we just need that check in. And sometimes I even need it. Sometimes I forget to blah, breathe, <laughs> label, reappraise, and I need Lutfi to, to keep me in check and say, okay, as your rational brain speaking, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, and, and get us back on track. So it's, it's really powerful to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that that would be the case because the isolation can be a bit of a killer sometimes, can't it? That's right. So knowing everything that you know now, and also you said before thinking back and thinking, well, if I had had a coach then, where would I be now? What would you tell your 21 year old self? I would say, what would I tell my 21-year-old self? I would say everything happens for a reason. Mm. Uh, I would say be present and enjoy mm. every single moment because life flashes before <laughs> your eyes so quickly. Life goes so fast yeah. that I think back to being 21 and I think I did not, I took that for granted. Mm. I did not, I was not present. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So I think now knowing what I know and yeah, going, going back, I'd say be present, enjoy it all, you know, roll with the punches. You'll have lot, lots of ups and downs and that's what life's all about. Yeah. And it's still advice that's good for now too. Yeah, that's yeah, because right. I, I feel the same as a 20 year old, you know, always looking ahead, striving, wishing the time away, getting to the next thing, doing the next thing, never present whatsoever. And sometimes I think I'm still the same. <laughs> yeah, like I think back of some of the fun conferences or some of the fun things back in the day, um, you know, as a as a young woman in a corporate mm. environment and so much fun and yeah, you just think, geez, that goes really fast, really fast. So I think it's really nice to to live in the moment. Yes, have your goals and your dreams and your visions, but really enjoy what you're doing right now because everything can change in an instant, mm. good or bad. And I think it's really important to be present and stop and smell the roses every now and then. Yeah, yep. Can you share the blah activity or, or technique with us? Yeah, sure. So I uh, do a counted breath in for five, out mm -hmm. for five. So by doing the count, you're coming from the emotion, limbic part of your brain into your prefrontal cortex because you're counting, you're thinking to count and you're actually calming down all your nervous system by doing the deep breath in and mm. out. Then you label how you're feeling. So I'm feeling frustrated. It could be angry, anxious, uh, excited, you know, overexcited. And then you put some perspective on it or you reframe it or you reappraise it. So say, for example, coming on the podcast, I did a breath. I labelled how I was feeling. I was feeling nervous to, you know, share some insights into my life and make it, you know, interesting for your listeners and add value to, to your podcast. And I turned that into excitement. So I was excited to have a platform where I could mm. share a little bit of insight into the brain as I do now or, you know, a little bit of insight and someone will always take something away from your story. 
So I reframed it and it's, yeah. and it's, and I'm not going to die. <laughs> no. oh. <laughs> so putting perspective on it, it's not life or death, you know, yes, you can be nervous. Let's turn it into excitement and, you know, add some value. Yeah. Oh, so. I love that. That's so great. And thank you for being vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said at the beginning, half an hour goes really quick. It is quick. Yes. Um, so, where would you like people to find out more about you, um, to have a conversation with you? Where would you like to send them? Just to my website. So, mm. all of my details are on the website. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also, if it's a small business owner, they can also find out a little bit more about the Vault Mastermind there as well. Oh, good. Um, so my website's just my name, www.tanyacamilleri.com.au. Perfect. And we'll have those in the show notes as well. So people can click that link and all the other social media platforms that you shared as well. So we'll be able to stalk you everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and your story. It was lovely. No worries. Thanks, Jackie. All right. So Tell me she's your next favourite because everyone's your favourite. I know. She is my favourite, one of my favourites. I definitely, like, I love just, like, going, oh, my God, just to connect with these amazing women. Yeah, we but are I, lucky. Look, I, I know. But I really did resonate with so much of, of what she said. Um, funny enough, I've done training in your ready to ship myself and certified in it. So, so much of what she was saying was like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And it's like she was giving this, like, um, one tiny part of something and I wanted her to just go stop just talk about it for the whole hour because tell me these guys need to know like yeah. they need to know more but you know just even the part when she was saying around you know the goals right so yes you know you get taught how to set your goals but it's so true it's using the whole brain to activate this feeling of of the goal and, and the best way I got taught it was let's say you have your goal um, you've got to emotionalize it. So how do you, how would you feel if you were already in that state? So if you had already got your ideal client, if you had made the money you want to make, if you had got all the things that you want to buy, how would you be as that person? How would you feel? And initially when you learn that, it's, it's not easy to do because you're like, but I'm still working towards it. I don't know the how. And it triggers all of these questions in your head. And my coach, when I was learning it, said, what it's doing is it's it's activating it's if you imagine your brain it's lighting up different parts of your brain that aren't used mm. and he said that it creates these new neurons and he said think of neurons as a new road you know as an analogy like so you remember it and he said the more you start feeling it the more you emotionalize it you start your brain starts creating this new path in your brain and then the discomfort goes and they say it's between 66 to 130 days Mm. that you've got to think it, feel it, emotionalize it every single day. Mm -hmm. And then your brain goes, oh, okay, well, there's not a lot of resistance on this new road. I'm actually going to travel the new road rather than the road that I'm accustomed to. Isn't that amazing that such little effort really, because we're just visioning and imagining and feeling can have such a huge impact. And yet it only takes 60, what, to 120 days or whatever you said. And people can't even put that effort in to change their lives. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. I'm actually doing a program with this coach. She's in the States at the moment, funny enough, and it's a hundred day program and I'm probably day 10, 11 into it, but he's, he's basically run this program around, you know, for us how to get over the fear of 
of COVID in our business. Oh, yes. And how do we now leverage, you know, some of what we're feeling? How do we get over it? How do we change? And he said, just promise me that you will do what I tell you to do over the next 100 days and this is what you will achieve. Hmm. And he said, if you're not going to do it, he goes in the first session, he goes, he goes, it's fine. I'll give you your money back and it's good. And he goes, I don't want it to be shelf help. And I love that terminology, right? <laughs> and he goes, I need you to do the work. And he said, it is going to be uncomfortable. But he said, if it's uncomfortable, the other analogy he gave was he said, imagine it's like an elastic band. He goes, you know, you, you pull that band initially and there's that resistance that he goes, you keep stretching it, you keep stretching it. Eventually it's going to give. Yeah. And hopefully shoot forward. And not just shrivel back to where it was. That's right. And, and that's what neuro, you know, neuroscience and neuroleadership is. It's around activating the whole brain to make those decisions and emotionalize and, and be a better person and leader. Yep, yep. I do love the new research that's come out about the brain because I think you and I both grow up, grew up in the time where it was taught that, you know, your brain was fixed. And yet we've learned that, no, the brain keeps growing and developing and can change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which is exciting in terms of thinking, well, my personality is not fixed. The way I behave, you know, and it's not as hard to engage in new habits. And in fact, you've got more control over the trajectory of your life than you think. It's funny because on the weekend, I finished reading a book. It's called The Source. Um, and even though it has a title that you might think is a little woo-woo, it was written by a, a psychiatrist, um, a lady from the UK, Dr. Tara Swart. And yeah, as a psychiatrist, and then she left the traditional medical approach and went into like coaching neuro science and neuroleadership stuff we're talking about yeah it was quite a good book talking about all these things as well um and her own experience with learning them and employing them and tasks and things like that so i'd highly recommend that if people are liking what we're talking about and what you and tanya just talked about yeah and it's it's nice how you said you know that whole brain thing it's 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 neuroplasticity right so it, Mm. it can change and I found, you know, when I was learning about this, that our conditioning is because of our parents, friends, media, mm. teachers, and our upbringing. And a lot of the barriers that we have is because of that conditioning. Mm. So the other thing, you know, the way that we were taught, and, and again, such a cool analogy, is he said, you look at people around you and he said, there are people that may not be, you know, as technically skilled as you, but they're more successful, you know. Yes. Um, oh, isn't it frustrating? <laughs> and it, yeah. And he said, you know, he goes, it's nothing to do with your skill. He goes, it's all to do with your belief and your paradigms that you've been conditioned with. So if you have a conscious goal to achieve, you know, $200,000 that year, but your subconscious goes, oh, well, you know, I've only ever made $100,000. I don't know how to make more. He said, no matter how much skill and knowledge you bring, unless you change your subconscious, you won't achieve your conscious goal. Yeah. So neuroscience is all about how do we program our subconscious and it's through repetition, it takes time, but how do we reprogram that so that our self-image matches the goal we want to achieve? Yep, yep. And how are we skillful enough to get into our brain and actually reprogram it in the way we want and we're not just stuffing around in there? Yeah, and they say that the conscious part of your brain is only 5% of your results. Yeah, right. And that's where that and that's the space that we play in all the time if we're not used to tapping into the subconscious part of our brain. But it's actually mm-hmm. the subconscious part, which is where all our beliefs are, all our fears are, all of our stuff is, that actually is responsible for ninety-five percent of your results. Mm. So if that's the case, why are we only playing in that five percent space? And 
it's like you're only using the desktop of your computer, right? Yeah. But you're not using all of that space that you've got within the computer to go get what you need and resources. Ah, so what are we doing wrong, Ush? <laughs> you know what? It's not wrong. I think it's just getting clear on yeah. are you aligned with, is, is your conscious and subconscious aligned? Um, and, and you know it is or it isn't. And, and, and the biggest way to know is what is that inner voice saying to you? So if you have a big goal, do you hear a voice that goes, oh my God, that's a bit crazy. Oh, oh but you're not going to achieve that. You don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that means that your subconscious ain't aligned. Or is your voice saying, oh, you know what? I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to go find out. Or that's okay. Um, I'm going to get the answers on the way. And the irony of all this though, Jackie, is that the more we train our subconscious, uh, we actually will get the answers, but we just don't trust the process. Yes. Well, that's true. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust that we can work things out or that we have the resources we need. We always look out, out externally, don't we? Yeah. But that's the irony that if we actually do just do what is needed to be done to train the subconscious, the, an- the right answers will come. Mm. You'll, you'll figure it out. Your brain will go, oh, you know what? She needs to know this. I'm going to help her. And here's a little spark in the side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but we just got to quieten that voice, right? That that keeps popping up. Yeah, the negative one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is your fears, your subconscious fears. Which aren't really serving us. No, they're not. You know, and then after, if you look at the layer below your fears, it's your belief. So the fears might be fear of success, fear of failure, you know, fear of disappointment of yourself or your family, fear of not being loved whichever one of those that you have, you then peel that back and then you go, well, what is your belief telling you? Your belief is telling you that you're dumb. Your belief is telling you you're stupid. Mm. So there's so many layers to this that, you know, it's, it's not as simple as, oh, here's a goal, go achieve it. There are so many reasons why in neuroscience we're not achieving what we want to achieve. And yet we've got such potential and we can do it if we put that work in. Absolutely. Mm. But it is, not, it, is, it is work. It's a lot of um, discomfort as well. A lot of sitting still, which people don't like to do. Yeah, and it's about getting that right coach, right, that takes you through that process as well. Because it yes. does bring up some stuff you don't want to hear, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. It's fascinating because, it, you know, the, the brain and the way it works does sound magical, really does. Mm. I loved um, how she was saying that when she was using it for her own sales, Yes, I was trying to take away a little bit of that because I don't do it the way she explained it. And I thought, oh gosh, that's, that's a really cool way to think of it. Of, I'm working for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And what would I do? Because it does, it puts a different thought. Oh, so much different energy around it straight away because it's far more caring, isn't it? You're checking in. That's what it is. Yes, the check-in bit, yeah, yeah. And and how how she said that she she then worked for herself. So she was working on behalf of her business. Yeah. Yeah. And she's using her skill for that as well. Yes. It was very similar to what Lutfi had said when she employed an accounts person, which was just her Oh skill. yes, yes. She re- <laughs> yeah, she renamed herself. So um yeah. I'm scared if I do that, I'm going to end up with like split personality disorder. So I'm going to trust myself to do that. <laughs> end up having like three voices by dinner time or something. No, I just. <laughs> You've got more control over your brain than that. Come on. 
No, I don't. When it comes to things like that, I might just like the other people better than me. Oh God, that could be really complicated. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> um, and the oh, other gosh. thing that I loved about Tanya as well, and you've talked about it too, and well, so have I, is that we all have coaches and no matter what we're doing, the importance of having a coach. And she spoke about, you know, that she's still got a coach. And she spoke also about the support that having a business partner helps with as well. So that was great. Yeah, look, I think it's crucial. Um, I don't know what I would do without a coach, to be honest. I'd feel a bit lost. And, and it's okay to have even different coaches for different things, right? Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's, it's absolutely crucial. The one I've been working with now has been for about two years on the on the whole brain side of things, just because I'm curious and want to understand how I can tap into it more. Like you said, it's, we've got this resource and we're just going, why are we only playing on the surface of it? There's so much that Mm. is there to learn so much. Mm. And the more you learn for yourself, the more you've got the tools you've got for your clients as well, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's this big misconception around coaching as well, that, you know, it's, it's someone that, you know, it's going to force you to do this. It's forced you to do that. It's not, I mean, you know, now that I I'm coaching more and more one-on-ones at the moment, you know, they're saying, Oh, this is not what I thought it would be. And it just makes me go, you know what, we're probably not really clear in our messaging around what we actually can do for people. No. So yeah, I think that's something I personally need to work on because once people join, they're like, Oh my God, this is, I didn't know it was going to be this. Yes, um, and that there's probably quite a lot of structure because then mentoring is different. It has a lot less structure. Yeah, absolutely. And serves a different purpose. Um, and, you know, a coach is not a therapist either. And so a lot of people probably think that it's a lot of talking through stuff, but hmm. no, hmm. there's action as a result too. Absolutely. It's hard work. It's not, it's not just handed on the plate, you know. Hmm. Got to do the work. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Loved her. <laughs> so there you go you got to talk about one of your passions yay <laughs> the brain <laughs> the brain oh my god yeah you're gonna text me the name of that book when you're free after yes. this episode <laughs> yeah it was the source i'll pop it in the show notes for everyone as well uh, it's only a fairly recent recently published book yeah so what what have you got ahead of you yourself in another week well obviously helping people get back to work oh here's an exciting share so do you remember we've been talking now for a couple of months after so many people on the on our episodes have talked about it is my rebrand yeah i'm thinking of going to the name so i found a name what's the name i'm gonna go with the eq academy oh, yeah that's great so it's available i'm really happy with it and i've got a really cool vision of what I want the academy to look like. So I've actually got a meeting today with um, a copywriter. Perfect. Because yep. I thought, you know what, I need some help because I've got a really good website that's under Ushdana, but I, I need some help to shift it from that language to the EQ Academy language. So I've got that. And the other thing I'm looking at doing this week, which is exciting too, is getting my getting a two-day EQ course certified under ASQA. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Which is so aligned with the Academy. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yes, the Academy does one-on-one, it does courses and it does train the trainer. I know. I'm so excited. So I did like a ton of research last night on ASQA, which is awesome to look at how you certify and it's, it's a long process, but I'm, I'm excited by it. And you know, it's, it's something that I can 
do on the side and build and build this academy. And then the other part of the academy is actually going to have a quite enough a coaching and mentoring service. So it's going to be other CEOs that are going to give give a bit of their time and mentor people that wouldn't have the opportunity to have a CEO as a mentor or a coach. Isn't that so great? That's going to be in there as well. Yeah. Yay. And you'll get more and more clarity, isn't it? Lovely when you start picturing it all. <laughs> exactly. It's exciting. I mean, moving away from the name to the, to the academy. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to the copywriter today and getting some help on that. And then the bigger picture will be to obviously have a really cool online course as part of the academy as well. Fantastic. Good. So that's me for really the week. glad for you. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and it sort of parallels my move forward and development of Legally Wise Women that's starting to really come together and sort of hopefully by the end of the year, it's actually got some really good foundations. So isn't that awesome? So are you, are you blocking out time in your week to get that, you know, working on the business part done so you don't get caught up in the day-to-day? Yes, actually, I'm blocking out a half day every week. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yep. Oh, good. Um, so I had a little bit of an intense innovation coaching thing with a lady called Tara Jacobson, and I had three sessions with her, which got my lean canvas done. And then, yeah, I've been blocking half day a week to do video primarily at the moment just for content. Um, so I'm nearly at the point where I've got all the video topics that I want. And so then I can start putting the website together. Are you doing, you're doing the content yourself, aren't you? I remember us talking about this. You're not using a studio, are you? No, doing it myself. So good. Mm. I mean, it looks rawer, but I think that people, well, certainly now after COVID, people are fairly used to fairly Absolutely. video. So it's not yeah. overly produced. How many videos? Oh, uh, look, I've got more than a hundred. Far out. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah, look, I think, I think it's good that you're blocking that time out. You know, I think that's something I, I sort of do. I don't block it out, but I do definitely work on it. But I find that then I end up working on it at crazy hours and there's no structure to it because I get down this rabbit hole like I did last night of bloody reading Asper for how many hours and what the process is. So I need to be a bit more structured and go, right, I'm going to block out X amount of time uh, a week and then just work on EQ Academy and that's it. Yep. Yep. Do it. Oh, well, you can hold me accountable, Jackie, and check in next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always some things that creep in a little bit, but, at, you know, if it's only half an hour of creep out of half a day, then that's, that's okay. At least there's some movement forward. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Good. Well, I'm excited for us both. That's great. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes. So if anyone wants to hear more about what we're up to or engage in the conversations that we're having, they can go to our website at iqmeetseq.com.au. And where can they find you, Ush? At the moment, ushdanik.com, but hopefully not for long on there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll still have that one though too, won't you, as a speaker site, I suppose? No, probably not. I'm thinking of just um, doing the rebrand to EQ Academy and then having a page of who I am on it, yeah. Fantastic. Wow, that mm. is a huge mental step. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Because uh, it was uh, go all in or nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I do have my speaker site, JackieBroman.com, and then I've got my main business site, tbalaw.com.au, which has the best contacts there to get a hold of us. Um, and we're obviously on LinkedIn as well. So, 
look forward to hearing from people. One final thing, actually, that I nearly forgot about, Fiona Redding, who we had on our podcast, um, The Happiness Hunter, a couple of episodes ago, has given mm-hmm. me a couple of books to give away. So I'm going to run that free giveaway until the end of the evening. So um, anyone who direct message me over any platform, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, or email, um, I'll pop you in the drawer and it'll be a random pullout of names. So um, her book that she spoke about, because she'd only just been finishing it when we talked to her, is a gui- uh, The Happiness Hunter's Guide to Meditation. So that's a good one. Amazing. Lovely. Yep. Yep. All those people who listened right through to the end get a chance to win. So reach yes. out. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great week. And you. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.